You are now listening to the Doula Road Trip Podcast. My name is Jarielle and I am a certified doula. After a quick and unsuccessful start in the birth industry over six years ago, I am returning in order to turn my passion into my career. In this show, I am going to share with you my journey and my hopes is that we together can start up and stay up doing the work that we absolutely love. This podcast will be a resource, it will be a tool, and it will also be a point of reference for you as you start your journey into birth work. I want to share everything that I wish I knew before I started and answer some frequently asked questions that constantly pop up in birth work even now six years later. I would love for you to be able to find inspiration, to find community, and to also be encouraged that the work that you love can absolutely be the work that you do for the rest of your life if you want. So let's go ahead and get into the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Doula Road Trip Podcast. I am super duper excited today because today we are talking about video, which is something that we haven't talked about yet, but video is really popular. I know that the introverts like just rolled their eyes like, oh my gosh, now I have to get on camera (laughs) on top of everything else that you want me to do to market this business. But I promise that this will be really good. It'll be super easy and it'll give you a lot to think about when it comes to marketing your business, finding your first clients, and really diving into your story. So today we have Jude. Jude is our video expert, even though he doesn't call himself a videographer, which we'll dive into as well. So Jude, welcome and thank you so much for being a part of the show. Jariel, thank you for having me on the show. It is, yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun conversation. I am, believe it or not, I'm an introvert. So I can relate with all of the introverts that are listening to the show. So trust me, this is a I'm going to help break you from the idea that you can't be on camera and can't be telling your story through video. Yeah. So tell everyone a little bit about like who you are, what you do and kind of why like photography and video and that creative outlet is sort of your passion. Yeah. So I started in video production or I started the video production company at 17 years old. I had a teacher who believed in me in high school, Mrs. Donnelly and I remember May 4th, 2006, she um, came to me and she was like, Jude, you're really, really talented at video production. You should start a business. Mm. And I'm the last of 10 children. So and no one in my family has ever been an entrepreneur, not my mom or my dad. My dad was a construction worker. My mom worked at a chair factory. And so I, I honestly didn't take her seriously. But the following day, May 5th, 2006, she came to the classroom, handed me a yellow envelope and I asked her, what is this? And inside of the yellow envelope was my first set of business cards. And that's how I got into video production. What I do today, it's been 15 years since that day. And what I do today is that I help entrepreneurs leverage the power of storytelling through video and documentaries. And literally that is what I do every single day. I wake up and I love to help entrepreneurs understand the power of storytelling. What do you say to people who say, I don't have a story to tell? (laughs) Everybody has a story to tell. I think that... We as human beings, we tell stories every single day. Even my, I, I'll be honest that even my own story, the story that I just told about Mrs. Donnelly handing, handing me my first set of business cards, I didn't want to tell for a very long time because I just didn't think it was important, really. Like, it didn't seem like a big deal to me, but I remember the first time I started telling people um, and their reaction, I was like, wait, there might be something to this. Right, like it's not a rags to riches story like you normally hear where somebody would be like, you know, I was living in my car and... And then, you know, like Tyler Perry's story, right? Like Tyler Perry was right. he was homeless for a while, 13 years before he ever got people to come to his plays. Mm-hmm. Like that's a dramatic story. And I didn't, think my, I didn't think my story was that dramatic. And so, but everybody has a story. So anybody who tells me they don't have a story, all I really do is just start asking them questions about like, well, what happened, right? Because that's all a story is. A story is about a very specific moment in time. Why did you decide to become a doula, 
right? Like what led you down that route? What was the passion? What was the moment that said, I know I could do this? Things like that. Like I just started asking questions. And when you realize when you ask questions, the way that you respond, you're telling stories, especially when you ask them about a very specific moment in time. How do you know in storytelling when you're talking too much about yourself and not enough about your audience, right? Because a lot of people would say that as an entrepreneur, you really shouldn't be telling stories about yourself that are not relevant to the person that you want to attract, right? So how is this story? I think of Donald Miller building a story brand. They always say like, don't really talk about yourself. Your client or your customer should be the hero of your story. So what do you say to that? Yeah, I, I take it a little different approach to that. I think it is, yes, it is important not to talk about yourself too much. But I think what I do with my clients is we first start with understanding who your client is and what they really want, right? And like specifically, let's, let's talk about being a doula. Okay. It's a, being a doula is a very intimate thing, right? And sure. before before I got on this show, I didn't even realize they were... I've heard of doula and I understood what it was like on the surface mm -hmm. level, but I didn't understand there were like uh, different niches within being a doula, which like specifically like a death doula, right? And I don't even mm -hmm. know if I'm pronouncing that right, but... No, you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it, to me, it's like, I never thought of that, right? Like I've had family members. Um, I actually have a cousin who lost two dog, two two children, a, a boy and a girl, to um, when they first had them, right? And oh wow, I'm so sorry. The transition, right? Having someone there to help them through that transition, I think, mm -hmm. would have been very important. And so the reason I bring all that up is because going back to the why story, why did you become a doula? Right. Like if you could tell me about a story where you had to help someone transition when losing their child and that, like I said, my cousin, they didn't just lose one. They lost two back to back. Like, yeah. how do you help someone through that? I think that story and the story of why you got into it, then that relates to someone who knows that they need a doula, especially specifically a death doula that then that relates where you're talking about yourself or you're talking about a client that you've helped. Mm -hmm. But it's relevant to what they're going through in that moment. Now, if you're just talking about yourself just to talk about yourself, yeah, that's you don't want to do that, right? Like mm -hmm. you always want your stories to have a point. And I think the point that you should land on is what is it that's relevant to them? Even if you are telling a story about yourself, what is it that's relevant to them that allows them to understand who you are, what you're doing and why you're doing it? Like, I think the most important thing is why. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to become a doula? Even if you are just your first time going after clients, mm -hmm. if I know why you're doing it, it won't matter to me that this I'm your first client mm -hmm. because I understand why you care. I understand that there's a deeper reason. There's a deeper meaning, a deeper passion. And just to take that a little bit deeper, when I understand that there's a deeper passion, then I know you're going to care about what's going on in my life that much more. Like, it's not just money to you at that point. Right. right. Like it's deeper. It's emotional. And I think that's why it's important. That's why I look at it a little bit differently. I don't think it's wrong to talk about yourself. I just think it's wrong to, to talk about yourself if it's not relevant to the client. Like you've got to stop and think, OK, what is it that's important to this person? And the reason that I'm asking them to hire me to work with me, what is that that's relevant to them? And how can I tell them a story that allows them to trust me? Mm, okay, I love that. So let me ask you this. What's the anatomy of a good story? Like if I am telling a story and you said that there should be a why included, right? So why did you become a doula should be a part of the story. What are some other pieces that should be a part of the story that you tell? Yeah, I, I, I try not to complicate storytelling. Um, okay. I started this podcast by talking about like how a story is about a very specific moment in time. Mm -hmm. That's all you got to think about. If you take me through a very specific moment in time and there's a beginning middle and an end right so you want to start the story and end the story if you think through that that's all you need to think about that's it tell me about this very specific moment in time where yes i talked about a why why story but let's take another story a very specific story that i think will help you get clients um testimonials right you've helped another person before walk right. me through that journey why did you, again, I am not a doula, so I don't know all the steps about being a doula, but let's say hypothetically right. you needed to purchase certain products before working with the client. Why did you purchase mm -hmm. that product, right? What if you're a health conscious 
um, doula who uh, only uses um, environmental friendly products. Okay, that may be important to a mother, especially in this, this day and age, especially with people of color, right? Like that may be important. Right. Walk me through that journey. I think um, to me, that's what a story is, is a very specific moment in time. Yes, we could talk about the seven steps to a story and all that other stuff, but I think that's what complicates right. it. And that's what stops people from telling stories because then they, they're thinking in their head, oh, I got to tell this the right way. No, right. You're, you already tell it the right way every single day because we tell stories. Right. Like I came on this podcast. You asked me, well, Jude, how did you get started? I told you about the day that my teacher bought me my first set of business cards. And that's literally what got me started. Um, And so I think um, that's what storytelling is for me is. And I try to keep it as simple as that, because so with the work that I do, I create documentaries and documentary series for for entrepreneurs. Mm hmm. All they're doing is telling their stories throughout the documentary. And literally, I'm just walking you through a moment in time. Mm. That's it, right? Like, I have a client, um, Darnielle Jervy Harmon, who she's a business coach. Okay. And part of her story is that, um, and I discovered this through what I, I do a road mapping session, and that's where I'm asking the stories and I'm figuring out, you know, the client, um, what their journey is through entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. But a big part of her story is that she, at the time when we started, she was 42, um, had just gotten, sorry, she had just gotten married at 42. By the time we started working together, she was 44, and she was just starting her journey through motherhood and never had children before. And so um, her and her husband were trying to have children, but they were having infertility issues, Mm. right? The day that she lost the baby, the day she had a miscarriage, I just had her walk me through that very specific moment in time. That's it. Mm. The day that she had to, she realized something was wrong. She went to the doctor's office. Yeah. You know, they kind of told her what was happening, what was wrong. Her husband came and joined her. Even her husband was just mm. like, I wish I could tell you about the day, but all of it was a blur. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just about a very specific moment in time. That's it. That's it. And that's what storytelling is. That's the anatomy of a story. Most people who are storytelling experts will tell you that I am wrong and that there are right things to do and there's emotion and there's the conflict and the climax. And you're absolutely right. But 99% of people will not, if they focus so much on that, they won't get it right. I just want you mm-hmm. to focus on the very specific moment in time. Bring me into that moment. What were you thinking, feeling, and seeing? And when you do that, I will feel your story. Okay. So if people want to like start recording themselves telling stories, like what sort of equipment do you think they should use? You're a documentary filmmaker. So I'm assuming that it's going to be a lot of people talking directly to the camera, right? Or recording people in their everyday life. Cause that's what you expect when you see a documentary, like people boots on the ground, actually doing yep. the thing or at the place with the people that they're going through the story with. So what sort of equipment would you suggest? And like, what sort of environments do you think people should start to think about recording yeah yeah if you're just starting out i would recommend just use your phone um it's simple right i think again i try to remove the complexity of the process in every step of the way Mm -hmm. um it is 2021 and the equipment the phones that we have have very great cameras on them um, it would be hard for me to tell you to, to buy like a certain specific type of camera because what you want to get really good at is just documenting the process, right? Um, taking pictures of moments that's happening. Um, again, it may not seem important at the time, but later on it'll, it'll be important and, and then you'll be able to put the story together. You'll be able to put the video together. So I think the very first thing is start with your cell phone. The next thing you want to do is get a tripod of some sort. Um, okay. You can get that easily off of Amazon. It's like $20. Just get a simple tripod that holds your phone. That way it's stable. You're not just, you're not walking around with something and trying to hold the camera the whole time. Like it's stable. So that's the second piece is a tripod. The third piece is audio, a microphone. Um, okay. Again, that, to, that like there's one that's on Amazon now that's like $30 that can connect directly into your cell phone. Um, but having clear audio so people can hear you and, and know what you're saying and know what you're talking about, that's also going to be important. If you're interviewing your clients, um, when you're getting testimonials, 
you want to make sure they have a microphone on them. Those three things, no matter what level you're at, if you're at my level um, in producing high-level documentaries or at the low level just starting out, those three things you'll always need. Tripod, camera, audio. Um, I use the exact same things. I don't use a cell phone, but um, there are moments in past projects where if I couldn't get access to a certain area, like let's, because I use big cameras and let's say the building doesn't want me to have a big camera in there. I'll just use my cell phone and you won't know the difference. (laughs) When I edit it all that together, you won't know the difference. You won't be able to see, oh my gosh, that was an iPhone shot. Um, And so I think that's, that's to me, that's why I say start with your cell phone, because if you have, especially if you have an iPhone, I'm team Mac all day. If you have an iPhone, um, it just has great cameras on there, especially like the latest one, iPhone 13, it has great cameras on there. Start with that. And then you could work your way up. Of course, as you start to make more money and you start to get more clients, you could work your way up, but literally just don't stop yourself from two things, pressing record and telling your story. Right, like let's remove, especially for introverts, let's remove all of that. Mm-hmm. Press record on your video camera on your cell phone, and then start telling your story. Where do you think people should post the story after they tell it? So people kind of want to get in front of their ideal clients. Um, a lot of us already have like personal accounts on Facebook and Instagram. So you think that people should start there? Do you think they should put videos on YouTube? What's your advice there? Start with your personal account. So especially if it's Facebook or Instagram. Why I say that is because I think, I mean, it was for me when I first started, some of your first clients are going to come from people that you know, like your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started, I wasn't doing documentaries. I was doing like uh, birthday parties, weddings, uh, birthday shower, uh, baby showers. Mm-hmm. I um, But I started promoting on Facebook and that's where people knew that I was like, I was running a video production company. Um, and I think that is the first place that you start is you just let people know on Facebook and Instagram on your personal page. And then, yes, you, as you start to, as people, more people know what you're doing, then you can transition to your business page. But I think you hit the ground running on your personal page and you start, you get clients easier that way. But the more important thing is as you get those clients, even if they're friends, as you get those clients, start doing testimonials. Because then as you transition to this business page and now it's people that don't know you that's discovering you, you'll have these videos lined up of people talking about working with you and what the process was like and why they enjoyed working with you. Um, So I think social media for sure is the first place to start. Okay. Let me ask you this. What's the easy way to ask for a video testimonial? Like, do you think that you should just email a client and like include like a little Dropbox link that they can drop the video into? Um, Because a lot of times when you're asking for video testimonials, it's usually after the fact, right? So I've met somebody, I've worked with them for a few months, I've attended their labor, and then they have a brand new baby, right? So I've seen them, I've chatted with them, but life gets absolutely hectic when you Mm -hmm. have a new baby. So you're reaching out to them and you're like hey just want to say it was a pleasure working with you i would love a testimonial they're crazy crazy busy and nine times out of ten they don't get back to you so how do you make sure that you make it easy for them to give a testimonial and that if it is a video testimonial that it doesn't feel like oh my gosh now i gotta look good and record a video to talk about how great my doula was (laughs) this is a great question so I'm going to give three different answers, but they are major keys. Like, if you don't listen to nothing else in this podcast, they're the major point of this podcast. Okay. I agree with you. When I first started, I didn't get testimonials. It took me years before I got testimonials from clients. And so it is hard to go back to a client and say, hey, can you, do you mind giving me a testimonial? Um, so the first answer is just to do it, just to ask them. Um, and it'd be even better if you can send them a set of questions because sometimes people don't respond because they're worried about how much time it'll take or you're not the only one that's concerned about being on cameras and maybe they're concerned about being on camera. Right. So I think the first thing is to just ask and then when you ask, just be very specific like, hey, I want you to talk about this part of the experience and then just give them a set of questions. Okay. The second thing... I'm going to come back to that first response, but the second thing that I do now is that before I ever work with a client, I, like before they ever sign a contract or hand me money, I'll say to them, hey, I know I'm going to do a really great job on your project, and I know you're going to love it. And so as part of that, and as part of what helps me get more clients, 
is that I require all the clients I work with to give me a testimonial, not just when we're done, as we go along in the process. Mm. Now, this is a bit advanced, but I think if you can set up different milestones in the process where, you know, maybe it's the first meeting before they have. So I know that there's some doulas that go to the um, to the doctor with the parent before they're having a baby. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you could set up different, let's say there's three doctor's visits um, before the birth and you went to all three doctor's visits and you were an advocate, you were an advocate, you spoke up and you, you know, you asked the doctor questions and now the client said to you, oh my gosh, I feel so much better having you here. That's a milestone. You feel so much better having me? Let's talk about that. Do you mind if I pull out my camera and just talk about that a little bit? That's a milestone, right? Then of course there's the birth that happens. Um, That's a different milestone, but maybe let's say you you stayed around for a month or or whatever, like you helped them through that transition. That's a different milestone. So now there's three different moments where you're able to talk to them. And now you now when you put that video together, you're taking me on a journey where you're showing me, okay, I was with them at the doctor's office. Here's how they felt. I was with them after they had their baby. Let's say it's a day after. Here's how they felt. I was with them a month after. Here's how they felt. That builds trust, right? And so again, that's a little more advanced, but... It's I think that's, stuff. And I think it's a way to make it easier for someone to give you a testimony mm-hmm. so that they don't forget to do it. Because yeah. you're capturing them as they're talking about like uh, this, you know, they're having a great time. They like working with you. The last thing I'll say, which goes back to the first point, I think is, yeah, it's, it's hard to get some people back um, after you've worked with them. I think how you get them back is you either gift them something, right? So let's say it's been a year. Let's say it's the year of birthday. You haven't worked with this person in, in a year, but you know the birthday of the baby is coming up give the baby a gift after a year, right? Like that's a way to re-engage with them. Mm-hmm. And now that you're giving them a gift, they'll want to give you a testimonial. Um, make them feel special is the point, right? Like I think yeah. that that helps make it easier for you. So just get creative because that's only three ways I'm mentioning, but there's other ways that you could do it. But for me in my business, I know one thing I changed after I realized how powerful testimonials were um, is that I get the... Every milestone, I get a testimonial from the client, and I'm asking them, okay, why did you, like, I had, I, let's talk about Darnielle again. I am, um, we're in our second project together, and one of the videos that I've done with her, I have, like, five different testimonial videos from her, but one of the videos I did recently was, like, okay, you, re- you signed up to work with me again. Why did you, right? Like, that's a different testimonial. That's a different, you know, I'm showing now the longevity of a client working with me. Most clients work with me for about three years, and I'm showing the longevity of that and why they decide to rehire me. Um, yeah. And so I think it's it's those three things. First, just ask them and send, make it easy for them by sending them a set of questions. The second thing is uh, have different milestones. So you're asking them, you know, it's different videos and not just one video. And then the last thing is to try to re-engage them through a gift of some sort. Like just get creative in that way. Okay. So you yeah. think that you should give people the option to just give you a written uh, Google review instead of doing a video? Or do you think it should be video or nothing? <laughs> As a person who does videos, I'm, of course I'm going to tell you it's video or nothing. But yeah, I think if, if some people aren't comfortable being on camera, because I've had that, some people just aren't comfortable being on camera. Um, or if I had to re-engage a client, but they weren't willing to like send me a video or sit down with me to do a video, yeah, I just take the, the written testimony. I've had clients okay. who, because some people just don't know what to write, right? Like I've had some clients um, who are like, how about you just write it up and I'll, I'll co-sign it? Meaning like I'll write it up what I want them okay. to say. And then I have to send it to them to make sure that it's the right thing to say. And then they'll be right. like, yes, you can put my name on that. Um, that's another way to make okay. it easier for them. But yes, a written testimony is still important. I just think that in the day and age of where we're at, it's easier if you get a video that you transcribe, right? Like you could still get written at that point, but it's, or or like, even better, because um, you could, again, you could do this with cell phones now. Maybe they don't want to be on camera. Maybe they don't know what to write. What if you just interview them through audio and just talked about the experience, right? Like having them say, telling them, hey, you don't have to do a video, but maybe an audio, because I want people to hear your enthusiasm with the process. Um, that would be another option is to do audio. 
um, have them recorded on their iPhone and just, you know, talk about the experience. What was it like? Uh, why did you enjoy it? Um, I th yeah, I think those are the most important questions. The experience, why did you enjoy it? But yeah, if you could do video, audio, or written, all three are important and there's ways to use all three. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Major gem mm -hmm. dropped. I hope everybody goes back, rewinds this, pulls out their pen and their paper and takes notes and finds ways to implement this into their process. Um, let me ask you this question. Where are you storing all these videos? Videos take up a lot of space <laughs> um, on your phone and on your computer. And so if people do begin to start um, recording video, right? So we're just practicing. We're just recording in our everyday life, seeing what we want to use, see what we don't want to use, maybe taking things over a few times because maybe it takes you a few takes. Mm -hmm. um, do you advise people to by like a terabyte external hard drive or where where do people save all these videos yeah i do i do because of the nature of my business i i have multiple terabytes of hard drives but okay i would suggest dropbox or uh google drive and i use both okay. so that's why i'm suggesting both i neither i mean they both do the same thing i just happen to use both google drive because i use gmail and then dropbox just because Dropbox is popular, but mm -hmm. the one thing I love about Dropbox, I think Google Drive can do the same thing, but the one thing I love about Dropbox is that in my personal phone, um, when I do take videos, I back it up. It automatically backs up to Dropbox, mm -hmm. um, and you could set it up where it doesn't take certain things, but I automatically back it up, and that way, even if I ever lose my phone, mm -hmm. um, all my pictures and videos are backed up there. And okay. so that is the recommendation that I would make is Dropbox that you download it. That way, if you don't have like a phone that has a lot of storage, you could always just delete things off your phone, but it's backed up through Dropbox. And you just want to make sure it's backed up at any point um, before you delete it off your phone. But that's what I would do. I'm, um, I'm on a journey right now where I'm doing a, a fitness challenge called 75 Hard. And it's basically um, you drink a gallon of water a day, you follow one diet, and you work out twice a day for 45 minutes each each time. And I'm documenting the whole journey on my phone. Now here, I'm a person that's a documentary filmmaker. I have plenty of expensive equipment, but I want to remove the, <laughs> the headache of having to deal with all that. Mm -hmm. I just document it on my phone and I've been backing it up through Dropbox. So I, that's what I would recommend, whether it's pictures or video. Let's say you're not comfortable with video yet. Again, you could still document the process through pictures. If you're going to the store to buy certain products, take a picture of the product that you're buying, right? Like take a picture of yourself at the store as you're buying the product. But again, yeah, I think if you're backing it up, it's through uh, Dropbox. That's what I would recommend. Or Google Drive, because I know some people have uh, Android, and I think you could do it that way. Yeah. Okay. I am team Android, and yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I love what you said about a product, because that actually gave me an idea for a story. Um, mm -hmm. I am a labor and postpartum doula. Okay. So recently, I had a couple who was absolutely exhausted. Their baby had just got shots. Their baby also got a surgery to untie a lip tongue tie oh, wow. and was not sleeping. So they wanted a overnight doula to come and literally I think it was maybe less than two hours that I would have to appear at their house like it was basically like come now today. So um, I came I stayed from like 9pm to 6 and I always carry this white noise machine. So it's like a little circle and like you can hang it from things and people don't know but white noise is the whisper sound for babies like it's the sound that they hear in the womb and so having white noise immediately calms babies down so I never go to an overnight shift without it it's always in my postpartum doula bag so I pull out my white noise machine and as I was leaving I was like well I'm coming back tonight I'm just gonna leave the white noise machine like they'll love it and then it'll help them throughout the day to keep the baby calm I come back the next night and they just about like kissed me on the lips. Like they were like, oh my God, this white noise machine is absolutely incredible. This baby has just been sleeping and eating like normal. Like we feel like we're cheating. We're going to pay you $50 for the machine. Like we don't even want to waste time ordering it on Amazon. We'll just give you $50 for it so you can buy another one. I'm like, the machine is 30 bucks. Like just keep the money. Like don't worry about it. He would not let me leave without taking the $50 for the machine and so now i have to go to buy my baby and buy another one so that's the story that i can tell on my way to buy my baby to get my next white noise machine about how first-time parents usually don't have this on their gift registry but absolutely should it's the undefeated baby noise that no baby can resist so yeah i have to tell that story and 
show people that little device and put it in my postpartum doula bag. So there you go. I didn't even think about it. I was just going to go to the store and buy it and keep it pushing. Like, it's what we do, right? Like, Yeah, but I, I, want, I want to not overlook that. And I want listeners to pay attention to what just happened. You were interviewing me. You gave me an idea. I mean, I gave you an idea, sorry. And mm-hmm. immediately you're telling me what the idea is. But how are you telling me that idea? In story form. I didn't I didn't ask you to you know, I didn't ask you like any questions. It just kinda came out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's the point of, of storytelling. That's why I try not to confuse it, because if I would have confused it and gave you these these steps to how to tell the story, right? Then especially on this call, you'd have been thinking, Oh, let me tell this story back the right way. Yeah. If you take that audio clip and I want I really want you to do this, Chario. If you take the okay. audio clip that you, of the story that you just told, you almost don't really need to tell the story over again because now you have the audio. All you really need to do is document yourself going back to Bye Bye Baby and saying, this is why I'm going back to Bye Bye Baby because this moment in time happened. Mm, okay. Okay, Right, I'm And that's that. how you make it simple and easy. But again, you brought me into this very specific moment in time. It's about a fifty to, uh, $30 product, right? A white noise mm-hmm. product, but it's... Instead of you just telling me, oh, yeah, I buy this thing and clients love it, which is a statement. That's what most people do. Most people just tell statements of like mm-hmm. and expect me to understand what. OK, yeah, I buy this white noise machine and most clients love it. OK, great. Mm-hmm. And tell me anything. But if you tell right. me the story, what just happened, I didn't even know that was a thing. Right. And now mm-hmm. I, I don't have any children yet, but like it, that puts it in my mind like, oh, that might be a thing I need to think about when I start having children. Right. Yeah. Because it is. It is, um, I don't know if I want to say stressful, but it's, it's a very stressful process when you first have a baby because there's just so it much is. that changes, right? But if I know I have a doula who understands every little step, you're with them only, le- you're less, less than two hours you're with them, but you changed their life with this simple machine that they didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. That's important yeah. to me as a person who knows, I know I'm going to go through a big change, but if I can have someone by my side that's going to make it easier for me, even if it's less than two hours a day, Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, two hours a week. If I know I can have this person by my side, what you got to understand is that makes you more valuable than you just telling me that you're a great doula. Mm-hmm. It's the story that you told about this very simple machine, right? That can change my life. Like, and I love what you said about how um, when you went back the second the next day, they just about kissed you on the lips. Like that, it's funny. <laughs> I like that your personality came out. Um, and so that's why I'm like, you don't even have to tell the story again because you may not even tell it the same way. Now you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm on camera and I got to tell it this. No, you right. got the audio clip right there. Just take this little audio clip. And sometimes that may be a key too. Maybe you just talking to your friend and like, if you get, and this is just something I'm thinking off the top of my head. If you get your friend to interview you, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're, you're nervous about being on camera, but you get a friend to interview you. Now you think about it in the way of, I'm just talking to a friend. I'm not talking to a client. And you make it easier on yourself. And now when the story comes out, it comes out more natural because you're just talking to your friend. You're not talking to somebody that you're trying to get as a client. Um, And so anyway, I think, yeah, I I just love what happened. And I don't want people to miss that. Like, I think that is the whole point of this podcast. This this thing that we're talking about, video and storytelling, it just happened. Jariel is going to put out this video and you're going to understand how she was able to do it because it happened right here on this podcast as she was talking about it. Yeah, I'm going to put it on YouTube so everybody can hold me accountable and see that I really did it. I'm going to put the video up on the YouTube channel that will, and I'll link it in the description below so everyone can see it. Perfect. Um, let me ask you this. Let's talk about marketing your video a little bit because it's great to create video that are like Quentin Tarantino levels of like epic. (laughs) But then if nobody sees them or views them and nobody knows that they exist, then you'll probably have the exact same amount of clients that you have now, which is zero. So how do you really market video to get in front of people and get people to be intrigued enough or triggered enough to contact you? Yeah, I think you just answered it, honestly. Um, So I love the question because it's the business side of storytelling and that's really... To me, it's not just about, there's three steps to, um, so I, I mentioned earlier, I do road mapping, and there's three steps to doing road mapping. Okay. There is uh, dramatic clarity, so that is getting clear about what your um, 
client or the person that you want to work with, what is it that they want and need? What's relevant mm -hmm. to them? We talked a little bit about that. Um, it's also in dramatic clarity, you want to get clear about what you stand for. What are your core values? What are your principles? What are your philosophies and beliefs? Um, get very clear about that so that when you are creating videos, you talk about that. Mm -hmm. So that's dramatic clarity. Dramatic demonstration is you going to Bye Bye Baby to buy the product. Instead of you just taking a picture of the product or instead of you, um, you know, using an, an image that's already on Google online. Right. You are taking me on this journey. You're making it dramatic. It's a dramatic demonstration that you're good at what you do. So that's the mm. second part. We walk through that. How do we do it? How do we know we're going to do it? Um, right. One great example of that, I talked about Darnielle and her infertility issues. One part of the story that I didn't mention is that she still hasn't had children yet, but she has a nursery already built out, completely decked out. And every morning she goes inside the nursery to pray. And so we have a video of that. And it's a real video. It's not me like saying, oh, just fake this moment. It's really like, and I didn't know she had it. Did I know? She, I don't know. No, I know she had the nursery. I didn't know she went in there and prayed every morning. And so um, when I went to her house one day, I, uh, she was talking about it. And then I just kind of like paid attention to when she would go into the room. And that's and we documented that journey. So it's a dramatic demonstration. And then dramatic leverage is what we're talking about now. That's the business side of storytelling. How do you make sure people see the videos that you are creating? And you mentioned it where you said um, you're going to do the video. You're going to post it on YouTube so people hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. That already makes people want to go watch it because now they know it's going to be on YouTube. But the second thing you said was you're going to link it in the show notes. Right. So you make sure even if they never make it to your YouTube page, you're linking it in the show notes when um, you post this show. So right. I think how do you make sure people see it is one, you create a library of content um, where like for me, I have been featured on quite a few podcasts. And so I have like this Google Doc where I have the links to all the podcasts that I've been on. So if I want to reference back to a podcast that I've been on. Um, it's easy for me already right there. It's a library of all the podcasts I've been on. So creating a library where you have all the links ready or different topics that you talk about, clients are always going to have a lot of questions. Yes. Maybe you can send them a video in response to that question, right? Um, that's actually a great idea. If you do, if you created every question that a client has asked you, you write it down, even if you're answering it for them in the moment, but you go back and answer that question and you answer it in story form, um, which is what you just did with the, with the white noise product. Mm -hmm. You record that and then you have a library of all that there. Um, that to me is the best way to make sure that people get, cause you just have the links already. And so when someone asks you a question, you're just constantly sending them that link. The other thing I'll mention is that we have social media. And I think the biggest mistake that people make is let's say they post the video in January. And they'll say, oh, okay, I already posted this video. I shouldn't post it again. Well, I, not true. You may have gotten new followers. You, you know, maybe the people that are following you didn't see the video originally. By right. April or May, I would post the video again. And then by July, August, I'll post it again. December, I'll post it again. Because the one thing that I, the, make, the mistake that I think people make is that, oh, people saw it already. I don't need to post it again. They may have seen it, but that doesn't mean that they got the point the first time, right? Like, that doesn't mean they watched it all the way through the first time. Um, I didn't always understand that my very first client I ever had who for a docuseries was a Keisha Dior. She goes by Keisha Kayor now. Um, and the first 12 months, we worked together for three years, and the first 12 months of us working together, she made $1 million off of a docuseries that I created for her. For context, I only made $3,000 off that at that time. So I bring that up because the reason why Keisha was able to make a million dollars, she earned every penny of it, is because she understood how to market the video. I didn't teach her that. I didn't know anything about that at the time. And so she understood how to market the video because she kept repurposing the video. We worked together from 2010 to 2013. I went back to her Facebook page. This was in 2017, and I have a screenshot of it where she was still promoting the docuseries that we had finished in 2013. 
So think about that. Four years later, she was still promoting a video that had been seen at that point at least a million times. I think it had gotten 200,000 views that day when she posted on, on uh, Facebook. But my point in telling that story is, one, she made a million dollars from the document. Well, the first year she made a million dollars. She clearly made more than that. But the reason for that is because she continued to market that video over and over and over and over again, different platforms. Um, she posted the original link was on YouTube. Um, she was only using Twitter at the time, but like I said, she's posted on Facebook, Instagram, and other things now. Mm -hmm. um, but there was just a lot of different things that she did, and I think that is how you make sure people watch it. You just, your job as an entrepreneur, as a doula, Yes, it's to take care of your client, but your second job is to market and promote yourself so that you can get more clients, so that you can stay in business. The yeah. way that you do that is you understand these marketing principles, and the number one marketing principle is repurpose. You have, you, I always tell my clients, you have gold in your hands, but you're searching for silver. Silver is shiny, hmm. but it is, not, it is not more valuable than gold, and you already have it. You have the gold keep the gold like keep repurposing that gold because you already have it right like just like this again i keep going back to this uh white noise product the bye bye baby you're going to be able to use that not just today it's 2021 but you'll be able to use that in 2022 2023 2024 as long as you remain a doula that story will be important and even let's say you transition to another career you can talk about how you marketed yourself in the previous career and how you told stories in the previous career. And so it's still valuable. Like it's 2021, I worked with Keisha in 2010 to 2013, but I'm still telling the story of how she's made money off of my project, off of a project we did together, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is the point, is that you're able to repurpose this stuff for years and years to come. Um, it is, that's the way that you continue to make sure that you, that's the business side of storytelling, and that's the way that you make sure that you continue to make you continue to make sure that people see the video that you've produced. Okay. Okay, cool. I love yeah. that. And let me ask you this. Is there anything else that you want to give people as far as like tips, advice, or areas within video marketing, leveraging video, getting clients that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure we cover? Yeah, I think. It doesn't matter how cool your video is. It doesn't matter how creative it is. Mm -hmm. uh, two things I want you to do. Don't make the video boring. And I think the way that you make the video boring is just by sitting there and talking. In my opinion, I know that everybody sits in front of their camera and talk nowadays, but I think... Oh, but they is, talking and videos are pretty popular, yeah. <laughs> right. But I think it becomes more engaging if you take me on the journey. And in, in, in my opinion, it doesn't take much. Like, I'm not... We didn't talk about any expensive equipment today. No, we didn't. But if you take the time to document on your camera, whether it's an iPhone or an Android, you can make it just a little bit more engaging. So that's my first point, don't be boring. Okay. But the second point is, and why I started by saying like, it doesn't matter how creative it is, like you just need to get it out mm. there. The project that I did with Keisha, I'm not, extremely proud of like 10 years later i'm not extremely of proud because of i've You've grown excelled a lot. yeah right like i've grown a lot so i'm not extremely proud of it but at the end of the day people still watch that and they still are moved by it and and it's made her it wasn't of perfect dollars. it's made her millions of dollars and it wasn't perfect but it was a story and that's the most important piece and so if you get it out there if you market it if you do all the things that we talked about as far as like making sure people see it there's, there's over 70 different ways to make sure that someone sees one video that you've done. Okay. Over 70. Um, I will link, I'll give you the link so you can have it for your, your okay. audience. But if you do that, um, those are the two things that's most important. Get the video done and get it out there. Get the, sorry, get the video done, but tell your story, get it out there and make sure that people see okay. it. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, where can people find you, right? If people do want to see more of your work and all the incredible videos that you have created. And trust me, you guys do want to see it. It is really, really impressive. <laughs> I haven't seen the video from 2010, only the recent one. Um, and where can people yeah. like follow you online? 
Yeah, I'm not extremely active on social media, but um, best place to, to like connect with me. I talk about this stuff, uh, the business side of storytelling all the time, and it's through my email okay. list. So it is judecharles.co slash list. Um, you do have to sign up. I'm sorry, you do have to apply to be on the list. It's not just you sign up and that's it. Um, but that's where I talk about the business side of storytelling, how to tell it right, how to do it right. Um, and that's the best place to connect with me. Instagram is probably the other place that I'm most active, but I say most active loosely because, again, I'm not very active. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's where you can connect with me. One more thing I want to say about introverts and camera confidence. Um, the more you do it, the easier it gets. It's, it sounds simple. Yes. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. Okay. And if you truly be yourself because we can sense when someone's being fake. If you just be yourself, even if you think you're, you're boring, even if you think you're boring, which no one really is. Um, and I can tell you, I have a lot of introverted friends who I know are not boring. Um, you just need to get your personality to show up. And it's the small things that make our personality show up. Just like I mentioned with like, you talked about the client who just about kissed you on your, on your lips. Like that's a small thing, but it allows me to understand your personality and like how funny you are and witty or whatever, right? Like so, but the more you do it, the more you get comfortable doing it. I wasn't always comfortable speaking. I hated it, I didn't like it. But, um, you know, years later, I got pushed into doing it and now years later, I'm still doing it. And I think that is, I actually have a great post about that on Instagram if you wanna see it. But I think that is the point is like the more you do it, the easier it gets. And I know like people are hearing us talk about video and storytelling and they're seeing Jariel tell a great story while we're here on the podcast, but that's because she's told it over and over before or she's thought about it or the idea came up, right? Like you're doing a podcast, so it's easier for you to tell certain stories. Just just keep that in mind. The, easier, okay. the more you do it, the more comfortable it becomes. I just thought of something too. I know I'm... Sure. Aquarius, so I'm infamous for ending a conversation like eight times before it actually ends. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your email signature. So when I sent you an email, your email signature actually says brand strategist plus filmmaker. So let me ask you this. First about branding. I would love to know what's your definition of a brand and why is branding important? Sure. So my definition of a brand is a brand is who you are, what you're about, and what you stand for. Most importantly, what you stand okay. for. Um, I mentioned earlier core values, philosophies, and beliefs. Those are different ways to tell stories. Meaning, let's take a simple one. Like Most people like to say their core value is integrity. They like to do the mm -hmm. right thing. Great. Everybody says that. Tell me about a, a moment in time where you had to lose money by doing the right mm. thing. That tells me a difference. That tells me what integrity really means right. to you. Right? Um, that's what branding is. Is what people believe you, like who they believe you are, what you're about, and what you stand for. And this doesn't, this is, I'm not talking about being a doula. I said who you are, not what you do. People get that confused all the time. All the time. And so, again, that's why in the first phase of road mapping, I go through dramatic clarity. That's the clarity that I'm looking for. Okay. Is who are you? Because I need to show that on camera. Mm -hmm. um, that to me is a brand. And, and why it's important is because the number one question that anybody's asking, whether you're a doula or a filmmaker like myself, why should I do business with you versus every other option available to me? Why you? What makes you different is your story. What makes you different is your brand. Your brand is your story. And why filmmaker? Because let's be honest, like you work with entrepreneurs and people really don't think about entrepreneurs as Hollywood actors and actresses, right? Which is where people believe that filmmakers belong, right? So why filmmaker instead of videographer? Yeah, in my industry, videographer has a very negative connotation. Mm. Um, because a videographer just shows up and shoot. That's okay. it. The client tells them what to shoot and they just shoot it. Um, I chose filmmaker because the stories that I'm telling are truly films. They're not just, there's a lot of thought that goes into mm -hmm. it. 
a lot. And <laughs> and I want the client to understand that. So when I show up and say I'm a filmmaker, they're like, okay. That makes them take a, a step back, like, okay, this isn't going to be my normal project. Like, I've worked with a videographer before. And th- that's what they're thinking in their head. I've worked with a videographer before. He's a filmmaker. There's something different. Even if they don't understand it in the beginning, they'll know just by the name that there's something different. There's going to be a different experience. Um, and so that's why... I forget if, no, even when I first started, I was calling myself video producer because, again, I wanted them to understand, like, this is a video that's going to be produced. It's going to be thought process. But I changed to filmmaker because I really just felt like that's what I was doing because of, although I'm filming real life as it's happening, again, there's a lot of thought that goes into it the same way for a movie. There's a script and there's a thought that goes into it. It's the same way with, with on my end. Um, I talked about road mapping, and after the road mapping session, I, I actually put together a road map, and that road map is what helps me understand what I need to film and how I need to film it. Um, I Just to bring it full circle, like I talked about Darnielle on the show, and we talked about her infertility issues. She's a business coach, though. What does a business coaching have to do with infertility? Right. Well, I tied it together with faith, because she's a business coach who teaches on spiritual principles. And the fact that she is, she has a nursery and she prays in there every morning, I tied it back to faith. So you see her living her real life and you see that, you know, she doesn't have the babies yet, but she's believing for them. If she's willing to do that in her personal life, what can she help me do in my business life? That's the question that that answers, right? And so um, that to me is the importance of having a brand. That is the importance of having a different title. Um, I need you to understand that this is going to be a completely different process. What I may deliver to you is a video, but that's that's just such a small thing compared to what we're really going to do on this journey. Yeah. And let's be honest, that's also the sound of the price going up, right? Because <laughs> if you're providing a premium service and you do want to set yourself apart from people who are not, then you have to get people in the mindset that like this is going to be an experience and this experience is going to be worth it and it's going to be more than what you're used to seeing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not it's not enough to just simply have a title right. either, right? Like, I talked about Keisha Dior's project because um, I do want to bring this full circle. I, I I've been doing this fifteen years, and so it's a lot of messing up and doing things wrong. The one story I didn't tell is uh, the day I found out Keisha made a million dollars. She actually called me to tell me she made a million dollars was the same day my car got repossessed for the second time mm. in eight months. Okay, so there's a lot of mistakes I made along the way. At the time, I was only getting paid three thousand dollars for Keisha's documentary, part one of her documentary series. Um, today, I make six figures on one project, yeah. right? But that comes with everything that we talked about. So everything I talked about on the show, with like telling my story or getting video testimonials or my why, like all of that stuff, I do in my own business for my own yeah. brand. But to get the price to go up, to show the value of what you're, what you're doing for your clients and who you are is everything that we talked about. That is marketing, is you put all these things around you to prove the dramatic demonstration of proof that the price needs to be what it needs mm-hmm. to be, that you create the value. Like your client, it seems small, but your client was willing to pay you an extra $20 instead of having to go on Amazon to buy the thing for himself because... It's the value that you created. They were able to have um, a night of sleep. They were able to get their baby to eat. Like that thing stresses parents out in the beginning, right? And so I think that is the value. And now when you tell that story, you're not just telling the story of you being a doula and you're going to be there to help them. You're making life easier for them. And there's value in that. That in itself means the price goes up. Right. And it does. And again, I didn't go from 3,000 to six figures. Overnight, right, right, right. But each time that that happens, one cool thing I do in my business is that each time I create a successful project, I increase the price. Right, and that could be small. That could be going from three thousand to thirty five hundred to four thousand. So, but each time I do a project or each time I work with a client, I increase the price. Did you have to do work around your money mindset, or do you feel like you've always had a pretty solid mindset about <clears throat> money? Because I'm finding that being an entrepreneur is really challenging my money mindset, especially coming from a W two employee where you have to work really, really hard to make just a little bit of money. And so now that you you know work 
hard, but it's not as hard as before and you make more money, it's kind of like, well, I need to do more things for my clients because I haven't justified making this amount of money yet. Or even asking yeah, for an amount, I, you know, that you feel might be too high. Yeah. I did have to do a lot of work around money mindset. I think one of the things I just mentioned about like increasing the price each time was kind of a trick to change my mind about okay. whether or not people will pay for my services. Um, the other thing is like road mapping. Let's take that for example. Um, in my industry, well, let me give you context. For road mapping, I charge for it. It's an eight hour, I have to spend the whole day with the client and I charge right. for it. That's before they ever do a project. That's before they get, I don't do uh, price quotes. Okay. I, that is the price quote, is the road mapping session. And so in my industry, that's unheard of. I still don't know many people that do it. Um, and there was a lot of <laughs> shifting my mind around that because I, did, I started it for free. And then the very first time I charged someone, I think I charged them $400. And even that was hard. Because yeah. he, he had me try to like convince. He was like, I don't get it. Why do I have to pay for this? Like, right. why? You know, so he had me. He challenged me. Um, and then today, as we're talking, it is $17,000 to go through a road mapping session. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I had to change my mindset around value. That was the biggest yeah. thing. Um, and I think the other reason that I tricked myself and was just like, each time I do a successful project, which that's important, is that, um, one, it forced me to make sure the project was successful because I wanted to increase my yeah. price. Um, but the other thing is, when you actually get paid that amount, it's like, oh, well, they, this is possible, right? <laughs> like, I think the biggest thing for me when I started, and this, Mrs. Donnelly, the TV production teacher who gave me my first set of business cards, what she gave me was belief. Yeah. And I think each and every time that's what I'm searching for is, is this possible? Yeah. I'm, I may believe it in my mind, like, it's, this is not possible, but I'm going to try it anyway. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Somebody tell me no. But what if they tell me yes? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, what if I increase my price by $100 and they tell me yes? And they tell me yes effortlessly. Yeah. Now I feel like, dang, I didn't charge enough because they told me yes without, without challenging right, me, right. right? So that must have been too that low was, if there was no pushback. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was the money mindset that I had to have was, it wasn't necessarily about doing more work. It was just two things. It was, do I believe it? And then, do I believe I'm worth it? And then um, the second thing is, how do I explain the value? How do I understand what's important to them to explain the value to them? Um, and so I still, I mean, to this day, I still have to do that work. Um, I still, like, I have a big goal right now of reaching seven figures, and I haven't reached it yet. But there are money mindsets around that that's just like, you know, what is it going to take to do that? Because I only work with a small amount of clients throughout the year. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, what is it going to take to do that? Can I do that? Am I worth it? Like, I still have those conversations to this day, even though I've relatively been successful. Like, I've worked with Keisha Dior and Google and Steve Harvey, and, like, I've had these big-time clients, but yet I still have these conversations with myself. So I think, I don't think that the money mindset, uh, it ever goes away. Um, I still am doing work. But I just think that you find, at least for me, I've found ways to trick my mind into believing it. And you really do believe it after a while. Like, even if you don't in the beginning, you believe it. Because like I said, when someone hands you money, that's proof, right? Like, I'm looking for that yeah. proof of what I may not believe. Yeah, love it. Okay, well, I'm glad I continued because that was a good, mm -hmm. that was a good ending. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, yeah. thank you so much for being a part of the show. I really, really appreciate you. I will link all of the links down in the description, so do not worry. Um, if you weren't able to catch it, I will put it in the description, so just check that below. And thank you guys so much for joining yeah. us. I will see you guys again next week in the next episode. Bye. Hey, doula, are you enjoying this week's episode? Are you ready to begin your journey into birth work? If so, then I'm inviting you to check out my free training by texting the word doula to the number 216-616-3269. Again, that's 216-616-3269. 
3269. This training will support you in identifying the vision you have for your doula career. It'll give you the three clear steps you need to take to begin your journey into birth work. And it will also help you avoid the common missteps that can cost you time and money. This training is perfect for anyone who wants to get started as a doula and wants the roadmap for making their dream a reality. By the end of this training, you will have a plan to finally birth your dream of becoming a certified doula. The best part is that this training is absolutely free. Free 99, okay? Plus it includes exclusive bonuses that I don't share anywhere else online. So go ahead and sign up today by texting the word doula to 216-616-3269. And the link is also in the description of this episode. I cannot wait to see you there.